Welcome to the Still Study Podcast, episode number 37 here on the Still Study. And I am your grateful and appreciative host here, Jeremy Ritz, welcoming you to another edition of the podcast. So grateful that you're here with me today. As I like to start every show because it's super important, I want to express my gratitude to you for being a supporter of the Still Study, for listening, reading, and sharing my work with your family and friends. It truly does mean the world to me, so thank you for that. We've got a great show planned for you today. We are going to talk several things. NFL Combine, the rumor of Aaron Rodgers to the Steelers, that's heating up a bit. Surprisingly, we're going to get into that. And we have some other nuggets and news for you today. So again, appreciative that you're here with me. I would love to connect with you. We could do that one of three ways. You can comment directly on the articles at the bottom of the page. You can drop me a line via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. And you can also give me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy. Would love to connect with you. Get your question, comment, feedback on the show. Every Saturday, I do the Steelers Saturday Mailbag, in which you drive the content. You can check out today's episode. It is up on the site. Study Session Episode 247, The Bag, as I call it. Your questions, comments, feedback, drive the show. Check it out. A lot of fun. Would love to connect with you. And also, please be reminded of the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. That podcast is called The Still City Insider Podcast. The latest edition is a conversation between Matt Cecil and I regarding the Steelers' defensive free agents and possible outside defensive free agents that the team could look in bringing in. You don't want to miss it. Check it out. Jim and I will be back next week with a very special guest. So when you get a chance, check that out. And so here we go. The Aaron Rodgers saga just will not die. And recently, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk mentioned that there are four potential spots in which Aaron Rodgers could land, one being remaining in Green Bay, one going to Denver, another moving to Tennessee, and then surprise, surprise, heading to Pittsburgh. According to Florio, he says, if Rodgers chooses Denver or Tennessee or Pittsburgh, the deals will fall into place quickly, both as to the trade terms and as to the contract Rodgers would sign, indicating that there have been some preliminary conversations that have taken place between the Packers and the organization. And... There has been smoke around Rodgers to the Steelers for some time now. If you think back to early in the season, Jay Glazer said that the Steelers want a veteran quarterback to be with this team. And following that Pittsburgh-Green Bay game when the Steelers traveled to Green Bay, there was the moment in the game where Mike Tomlin and Rodgers shared a moment where they gave each other the eyes. It looked like a bromance was sprouting, and ever since then, that narrative has not died down. And if anything, it has more momentum and steam and legs than it ever has. 
So let's stop for a moment and think about this. Now, do I think this move will happen? No. Because it's hard to envision the Steelers having enough draft capital or player capital to execute a trade for a player as valuable as Rodgers. It's very hard for me to see that happening. But again, anything is possible. And with a brilliant football mind like Kevin Colbert, nothing can be ruled out at this point. But there are three scenarios here when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. The positive Rodgers scenario, the disaster Rodgers scenario, and the middle ground Rodgers scenario. So let's talk about the positive scenario here. So let's say that the Steelers... They're able to package adequate draft picks and player compensation. They don't give up too much, and it doesn't hamstring the organization for years to come. So they're not mortgaging their future to land a player like Rodgers. They bring Rodgers in. He steps into the starting quarterback role for Pittsburgh and immediately boosts this team into Super Bowl contention. Now there's ample cap space. Some of that will have to go towards Rodgers' contract, but... They're able to free up a little bit more through some contract maneuvering. They bolster the offensive line. They re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster. And then they capitalize on second-year running back Najee Harris. And all of this together concludes in a stalwart Steelers team with a quality defense that includes T.J. Watt, Cameron, Hayward, if I can remind you. They become a Super Bowl representative. Roger sticks around for a few years, keeps the Steelers relevant, and in contention for a Super Bowl for at least two to three years before having to start from scratch at the QB position. So that's the best case scenario. And wouldn't that be something considering that the Packers under Rodgers defeated the Steelers in 2010? That would be something. The team that Rodgers defeated in the Super Bowl, he would go on to play in the Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl for that opposing team. That would be one heck of a story. Here's the disaster Rodgers scenario. Let's say the Steelers give up way too much in draft capital and players and get mired down in a contract with Rodgers that hinders the team for years to come. They can't get out from under it. And worse yet, what if the longtime Green Bay quarterback gets injured and never fully gets healthy? And this investment becomes lackluster and unable to live up to its ballyhooed expectations. If this would happen, the organization would be set back by years and years and years and years because so many future draft picks would be sacrificed. And like it or not, the Steelers would become bottom feeders for at least five years and the team would enter the dark ages. That's a very real possibility if this trade does happen and things don't pan out and if they give too much up. And this is kind of where I reside right now on this trade. Rodgers is 38 at this point. I don't think the risk is worth it. You're counting on him staying healthy behind a horrible offensive line. They would have to bolster that offensive line 1,000% this offseason. But as he's aging, you you can't count on him staying healthy, remaining healthy. 
And if it doesn't work out and you give up a ton of draft capital, you're going to set this organization back by years. So to me, it just doesn't make sense. And then there's the middle ground scenario. The Steelers give up what can be expected for a player like Rodgers. They become a contender for the next two or three years, though they never reach the Super Bowl. They have a middling offensive line, underperforming wide receiver core. You have the aging defensive line. And just like it was with Roethlisberger, they're close, but no cigar. They don't make it to the Super Bowl. So it's more of what we've experienced the past five years. I think those are the three scenarios. Should or if Rodgers becomes a Pittsburgh Steeler. But can it really happen? Who knows? You can't count or discount everything completely 100%, but this much is certain. This narrative has lasted this long to the point where now we're hearing that there are deals in place or scenarios in place for each of these teams. Where there's smoke, there's fire. We have to keep that in mind. So if this narrative has persisted this long, there's something there. So no, I wouldn't be surprised if Rodgers becomes a stealer. But what can't happen is that the team cannot completely sacrifice the future of this organization for a QB that A, they can't even be certain that he's going to remain healthy. And B, He's 38. Who knows how many years he has remaining? If they could work out something economical that doesn't damage future drafts, I'm all for it. But the future of the Seethers cannot be sacrificed for short-term glory. This is an, an intriguing narrative. I can't wait to see how this all plays out. <laughs> and I can't believe that I'm actually making this a focal point of a podcast here, but that shows how serious we have to take this because it's gotten to that point. So interesting news here surrounding the Steelers and Aaron Rodgers. We will have to monitor and see how this all plays out. The NFL Combine kicked off this week, and it's exciting because the Steelers' offseason is progressing, and we're getting closer and closer to the NFL draft. And who knows how things will play out, again, especially with this news most recently related to Aaron Rodgers being rumored to the Steelers in an offseason trade. But the team has interviewed several players, and I talked about this earlier this week on a study session. Just want to go through some of the players that have been interviewed. Quarterback, they're spending a lot of time on. The big five, the top five, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, have all been interviewed at the Combine by the Steelers. Again, that's of no surprise, being that this team has a significant need at the quarterback position. At running back, they've interviewed a few guys. One that I wanted to mention here, Ty Chandler. I have featured him on a draft prospect cheat sheet. 
as potentially being a third down guy they could look at. A lot of wide receivers they've spoken to. And how about this wide receiving group? Their performances at the Combine have been outstanding. The number of players that ran under a 4-4-40, the most ever in Combine history. But so far, they've talked to Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, Sky Moore out of West Western Michigan, Pittsburgh kid, David Bell out of per- Purdue, Eric Azukanama, Texas Tech, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State, George Pickens out of Georgia, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, Danny Gray, SMU. Several offensive linemen they've spoken to. Tecius Smith out of Virginia Tech, a guy profiled on the site. They've spoken to him. In addition to Kenyon Green, Texas A&M, Tyler Lindenbaum, Iowa Center. A glut of offensive linemen they have spoken to. I'm not going to go through the entire list, but you know they have their eye on an offensive lineman. A lot of defensive linemen they've spoken to as well. Perrion Winfrey out of Oklahoma. Jordan Davis out of Georgia, Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia, Neil Farrell out of LSU, another guy I've profiled on the site. You know they're going to spend a pick on an offensive lineman and probably a defensive lineman too. Interviewed just a couple of edge players. Not so much likely that they'll go at edge, but inside backer, lots of gentlemen that they've interviewed. Devin Lloyd out of Utah, Darian Beavers out of Cincinnati, Chad Muma out of Wyoming. Jeremiah Moon out of Florida, Christian Harris out of Alabama, Aaron Hansford, Texas A&M, Leah Chanel out of Wisconsin, had him in my first mock, Trey Williams out of Arkansas, Jack Sanborn, Wisconsin, Zacoby McLean out of Auburn, a ton of cornerbacks that they've spoken to, Marcus Jones out of Houston, Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, Kerry Elam, not going to go through the whole list and a decent amount of safeties. So the positions in which they have needs, you can see they're doing their due diligence. And really that falls in alignment with those positions I identified at the start of the offseason where the Steelers would go, offensive line, defensive line, inside back or quarterback. Now we just have to see how that actually plays out. Earlier this week, the current starting quarterback of the Steelers or the assumed starting quarterback, fifth-year player Mason Rudolph was on the Jim Rome show. I love Jim Rome. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to watch him. And I'll throw this out there. If you've never seen the Jim Rome interview with David Goggins, the first one, not the second one, check it out. Amazing. But Mason Rudolph was on there talking to Rome about being a Steeler, being the Steelers' starting quarterback and all the criticism that he's taken at this point, Rudolph said, shoot, I totally understand the barbershop talk. You're playing one of the most highly scrutinized positions in all of sports, it, and it comes with the dinner. I get that. I never understand the guys that invite it and then cry wolf at the end. I totally understand it. I enjoy it. I think I've got a lot to prove, and I think that motivates me. But yeah, of course, there are people out there I think there's probably 31 teams that aren't happy with some part of their team because only one can win it all. Here's what I'll say about Mason Rudolph. I want the guy to be successful. I want him to come out next year. If he's a starter, 
and have just a phenomenal year. That he can demonstrate pocket presence, pocket awareness, that he feels the pressure, that he's able to navigate the pocket. He's able to move around and buy time and make throws down the field. He's able to make decisions about the best decision to make in terms of run pass option. And that he's able to make this a Super Bowl contending team. However, what we've seen from Rudolph in the past, what is on tape, it doesn't provide any support to that. He's thrown for over 2,300 yards, 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions in his time with the Steelers. His most recent start against the Lions was uninspiring. And there's not much there to make you think that he can get it done. The only position that you could take is that being that he is now being somewhat anointed the starter, that he has the entire offseason to settle into that mindset as the captain of this team, as the person who's going to lead this team, maybe that makes it different. But I know for me personally, just watching his play, evaluating his play, I can't see it happening. And I will gladly admit that I was incorrect if he somehow proves me wrong. And I hope he does. I am rooting for him. I just don't see it. As I've said several times here on the study session or the Still Study podcast, I think the best Rudolph can do is 9-8, and 10-7. and seven. I think he can get you into the playoffs. Possibly he can help you win a wild card game, but I think that's the extent of it. Unless your defense is playing out of its mind, unless Najee Harris has a season to be remembered, a season for the ages to where he just picks this team up and carries it on his back, I don't see Rudolph as being that player who can lift this team into greatness. It's just not who he is. Now, again, I hope I am wrong. But my position still stands as it is. I don't and I don't see that changing in between now and August. I also wanted to spend some time in going into some of the results from the combine for some of the players that the Steelers are interested in. I'm going to start with the quarterbacks, 40-yard dash time. At the top of the class, Desmond Ritter, an official 4.5240, which is fast. The dude showed he can run in college, and based on the 40 he put on tape at the Combine, you know that he can move. You know that I'm very high on Ritter and his measurables continue to show that he is an athlete. Kenny Pickett came in at third at 4.73. Malik Willis did not run the 40. But Ritter 
great job with his 40. Ritter also led all quarterbacks in his vertical jump at 36 inches. Kenny Pickett in third with 33 inches. Again, Willis did not participate, so we don't know what his score is. Ritter led the broad jump at 10-7. Kenny Pickett third at 10-1. The three-cone drill. Ritter was fourth at 7.15 seconds, eclipsed by E.J. Perry, quarterback out of Brown, Jack Cohn, quarterback out at Notre Dame, Skylar Thompson, quarterback out of Kansas State. Again, Willis did not participate there either. The 20-yard shuttle, Desmond Ritter, 4-2-9. He was in third, picket 4-2-9, tied for third. None of the other guys participated, so Sam Howell, Matt Corral. So a bit interesting to see. The wide receivers, man, what a class. I did a show with Matt Cecil earlier this week. It was the day of the wide receivers running the 40-yard dashes. They were unofficial times. I have the official results here. Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor ran a 4-2-8. Valus Jones Jr. out of Tennessee, player that I profiled on the site, ran a 4-3-1. Calvin Austin out of Memphis, 4-3-2. Just so many guys running under a 4-4. couple players that I want to make mention of. Sky Moore ran a 4-4-1. He's a Wide receiver I can see joining the Steelers. He played high school football in Pittsburgh. And then Wandell Robinson ran a 4-4-4. He was in my first mock draft. He had a nice 40 time. He's more of a complete receiver, but can also take the top off of defense. So... Was excited to see that. And Dejean Dixon, another guy, Nickel State, I profiled him on the site. He ran a 4.62, which was to be expected. He doesn't have that great straight line speed. But he, in terms of combat catch, he's got that 100%. And could be a guy in the later rounds that the Steelers consider. Offensive line, if we take a look at 40-yard dash time, just taking a look at some of the players that I know I've been considering for the Steelers. Dylan Parham, guard out of Memphis, ran a 4-9-3, which is one of the better 40s for this offensive line group. Solid performance. Lacetus Smith, I've been pronouncing this guy's name wrong. I've been saying Leticius. It's Lacetus Smith out of Virginia Tech, 518. Zion Johnson, who's been rumored to the Steelers, 5.18. Kenyon Green, 524 out of Texas A&M, another guard rumored to the Steelers. Some solid numbers there. The defensive players have yet to compete. In the combine to test. So those numbers will be available soon. And once the combine is all wrapped up, we'll have a better, more complete profile of the players, better information for evaluation and analysis 
of the draft picks. But it is exciting because we are moving closer to that point. And then lastly, today on the Seal Study Podcast, I've got a new segment, I guess you can call it. (laughs) And maybe this is just for today. But it's, what would Jerry do? I've got a lot of respect for Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm always reading his work, fan of his work, just like Ed Bouchette, just like Jim Wexel. These guys are the goats of covering the Steelers. I'd even throw Mark Caballi in that group. But Jerry typically does a chat every week on the Post-Gazette, so I've got a few highlights here from his chat. And the reason why is when Jerry says something, typically there is veracity behind it, just like Ed, just like Jim, just like Mark. So we're going to get into that today. So looking at Jerry's chat, one question is in relation to rumors of Mitch Trubisky joining the Steelers. Jerry's comment on that, I think it would be the best move they could make short of signing Russell Wilson. If you watch the Post-Gazette website later, I will have more to say about Trubisky and the Steelers. So Jerry wrote an article about Trubisky joining the Steelers. And I put out a study session earlier this week where I said, hell no to Trubisky. I'm not a huge fan, but when it comes to Dulac, if he says something that is worth taking notice to, I take notice. I think there is some validity to Trubisky possibly joining the Steelers. Now, with all this Aaron Rodgers talk, who knows, but Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky is a name to pay attention to. Seeing his name rumored to the Steelers several times, potentially he could be someone that is a body on the roster. Maybe he could even be the Steelers starter. Who knows? But pay attention to the Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky name. There is another question posed to Jerry about drafting a quarterback this year. This person says that they're sold on Malik Willis. Dulac responds, Willis is the most intriguing because of his athleticism. Doesn't mean that's the way to go. Dulac has not been a believer of this team drafting a quarterback in 2022. But it's interesting to say that he is intrigued because of his athleticism. Take that for what it's worth. Pretty interesting. Here's an area where I disagree with Dulac. Somebody writes in and asks, hey, Jerry, can the Steelers fix the offensive line of free agency? Fixes a strong word, addresses more appropriate. See, Dulac, I disagree with you there. Much respect to you, but they absolutely can fix this offensive line in tandem between free agency and the draft. 100% can do it. And that's one of the things that, again, all due respect to Jerry Dulac, Ed Bouchette, all the goats here, you can't say that a team can't make course corrections in an offseason to be a better unit in the following year. They absolutely can fix this offensive line. So who's to say they don't sign two or three guys this offseason in free agency on the offensive line, draft a couple of guys, 
100% that offensive line could be better. I don't buy into that. I feel like the beat writers have a tendency to be a bit more pessimistic, so they're not putting themselves out there to be wrong. That seems to be the approach. I 100% agree with Dulac on that one. Did say dis- I did say disagree, right? I disagree 100% with that take. And then I'll close with this one, and this is in relation to Chukwama Okor for Chuks. This person writes in to Jerry and talking about Chooks being a good pass blocker, below average as a run blocker. Is this something you can teach or is it due to his soft personality? Jerry responds, they accused Marcus Gilbert of having a soft personality and all he did was become one of their best run blockers. I agree with Jerry. They've got to re-sign Chukawoma Okor for. They put all this time into this guy. He's young. He can develop. If you have answers at your tackle positions, just build the interior of your offensive line. Let those guys develop. They're young enough to do so. Make it happen. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the end. The conclusion of the Still Study podcast for this Saturday, March 5th. Can you believe it? We are in March. We are getting closer and closer to the NFL draft. It's very exciting. This is, again, I keep saying a new era of Steelers football. Minus Ben Roethlisberger. Very exciting to see where this franchise goes. But I just want all of you to know that I am tremendously grateful and appreciative that you are supporters of the Steel Study, that you listen, you read, you share with your family and friends. It truly does mean the world to me. I would love to connect with you. would love to hear your thoughts on today's content. You can drop me a line one of three ways. You can comment directly on the articles. You can drop me a line via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. You can also give me a follow on Twitter at Still Study. would love to connect with you. Get your question, comment, feedback on a study session later this week. Let's make that happen. Also, check out the podcast that I do with Jim Muxel over on his site, The Still City Insider. That is linked in the show notes. But I hope all of you have a wonderful weekend. Again, very exciting times. My Mock Draft 2.0 will be out next weekend after the Combine, so stay tuned for that. And again, just thank you. My gratitude to you for being a supporter. It truly does mean the world to me. Have a phenomenal weekend, everybody. And thank you for listening to the Still Study Podcast. Peace. Peace.